0: Welcome to the Lifetime Learner podcast where we learn something new every single week. Now this week we're going to be looking at SpaceX. Now we have a group of researchers from McMaster University who have been studying SpaceX for the last couple of weeks. Among those researchers is Brian Izzy Raymond and Nikhil. We actually have Nikhil on call today and we're going to talk to him straight up what exactly SpaceX does, how it affects us and what are they planning to do in the future. So let's get to it. Let's talk a bit about what SpaceX actually is. Now, SpaceX designs and manufactures and launches advanced rockets and spacecrafts. Now the company was founded in 2002 to revolutionize space technology with the ultimate goal of enabling people to live on other planets. Now, This vision was led by Elon Musk, you know, the guy who made Tesla and all that stuff. So now he's a pretty controversial figure with ambitious goals. So, Nikhil, um, what are they up to these days?
1: Well, they actually have uh, supply missions to ISS like for NASA. And they actually have a state-of-the-art new aircraft called Dragon. It's a free-flying spacecraft designed to deliver cargo and people actually to orbiting destinations. Uh it's the only spacecraft right now that currently that's capable of returning civ- significant amounts of cargo to earth. And it also carries cargo to space, but it was designed from the beginning to carry humans.
0: Wait, so you're telling me these uh spacecrafts made by SpaceX are being launched for NASA?
1: Yeah, they actually are. Uh they actually have another thing called Starlink. They want to build rockets and spacecraft to deploy the world's most advanced uh broadband internet system. So it's going to deliver high-speed broadband internet to locations where right now the access you know isn't the best, it's unreliable, or it's very expensive. And then right now they're targeting to have service in the northern United States and Canada uh, this year, actually, in 2020. And they want to expand to the world in 2021. They want to keep space clean. So at the end of their life, the satellites will utilize their onboard propulsion system to deorbit over the course of a few months.
0: Okay, that's pretty cool, actually. I might sign up for Starlink. Do you think uh, their plans, like, for 2020 will get delayed just because of, you know, COVID and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, probably. Like, I I mean, uh, that's what I'm going to assume because right now everything's on hold right now. Like, so I don't understand. Like, I don't have any other reason to believe this wouldn't be delayed as well.
0: Yeah, that's true. So what else do they have? Anything cooler?
1: Yeah, they have something called a Starship, actually. So this is an aircraft and it's a super heavy rocket. So it represents like a... It's, Basically what it is, it's a fully reusable transportation system designed to carry both crew and cargo to Earth, to Earth's orbit, the moon and Mars, and all over Earth, actually. So it's one of the most powerful launch vehicles. And it hopes we, of course, because of COVID, we don't know for sure now, but hopefully this year in 2020, it's just amazing to me that we're going to be able to carry crew all over all over Earth and all over um space.
0: Okay, that's interesting because... If uh, if Elon Musk's, like, Starship can do that, then where do all these, like, other companies land, like, with um, airplanes and stuff? Because, like, this will be able to do it in much faster, eh? Uh, yeah, way faster. So, I was actually reading about um Starship uh, before, and I heard about how they want to take Starship and, you know, build a civilization on Mars. I read on their website that that's actually their number one main goal is to set up a civilization on Mars, which is really interesting because, you know, we're not even we're not even close to finished here on Earth. And now they're out here trying to go to Mars. They said they want to build moon bases and Mars cities. And, you know, obviously that's going to require a lot of affordable delivery and, you know, significant quantities of cargo and people. So I'm I'm thinking this is where they're going to use Starship, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the main thing.
0: OK, so, yeah, I'm assuming like the system's going to be designed to carry a lot of people. But I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know if they can actually do this. Um, the other thing they were talking about was earth to earth transport. So, how the rocket can go up and then mm-hmm. also land without you know you you've seen all those videos online where you know when it's, um, a rocket comes down and it like goes into the ocean first and they like go and pick it up and stuff.
1: Yeah, so like it lands by itself. It lands by itself. Exactly. Oh,
0: that's crazy. Like um. Imagine transporting just like, you know, your Amazon package. You order it and it's outside your door right away. That would be crazy.
1: Yeah, it'd be really fast. That's that's the future. Everything's going to be really fast.
0: Yeah, supply chain is going to change dramatically, actually. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, SpaceX does have a lot of competitors right now, though. It's not the only company in the world doing this. We actually have like, um, there's actually a lot of competition, especially with uh, Boeing, Blue Origin, and Virgin Galactic. So these companies sell aircrafts as well, rotorcrafts, rockets, satellites. They do telecommunications, they have equipment for that, and they even supply like missiles to the whole world. Boeing also does research on the International Space Station, and this they want to eventually have people that can explore deep space as well.
0: Blue Origin
1: is an American company that's privately funded. They also hope to have people in space. They want to be able to reuse spacecrafts, actually, and ensure the safety of their crew. And they also believe that space can have a lot of resources and energy, which is one of their main reasons why they want to check space and um, explore space. Like, you know, in the future, who knows what's going to happen with Earth's resources? We don't know. We're already suffering, you know, climate change. We don't know what's next. For them, the next thing is to check space. Because who knows? Maybe our grandchildren, their children, their children can have a better life. Because, you know, at the rate of climate change right now, we don't really know the future. And even uh, Virgin Galactic did another company with uh, Virgin Group. And they want to design spacecrafts for commercial exploration as well. So they want to have a reusable spaceship called the Spaceship Two Spaceflight System, and they're also going to have a lot of research with a unique platform for space-based science.
0: SpaceX is much more in the news for space stuff rather than you know, Blue Origin or Virgin Galactic.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's also because you know Elon Musk. He's like a celebrity these days, so I guess more
0: focuses, <laughs> <is, laughs>
1: more focus is drawn onto him.
0: That, I think, is definitely true. Okay, so you know what? We're going to do a quick pivot on the Lifetime Learner podcast. Okay. Um, Here, what we do is when we look at things, we look at them with a steep lens. Now, steep lens has uh, six components, social, technology, uh, economical, ethical, and political, and personal. I'm probably going to kick it off with uh, the social stuff, and then I'll probably ask you to do a couple as well just to give your opinion on you know the different elements
1: okay so you just want me to talk about like for example you said you're going to talk about as uh, so you said it was uh so- social right
0: yeah social let's start with social
1: so you're just going to talk about the social implications and then you want me to give me you want my opinion on like the other aspects
0: yes and then just kind of like you know spinning spinning what you know to make sure we hit those points for our uh listeners uh, okay okay i'll i'll kick it off so it'll serve as an example And then you can go from there. Okay, let's go. Okay, so just to look at the social aspects now, with space, there's a lot of uh, entities on Earth. U.S. Air Force is a huge one. Like, if we look at just space travel, for example, and, you know, SpaceX, they want to bring in, um, you know, they want to bring people out to space. Like, how do we ensure civilization is safe in space? So, this is probably even, you know, the transportation element, because, You can't just go to Mars in a couple hours. Like, this isn't like a domestic flight. Like, we're talking interplanetary travel. This is going to take, you know, I've heard it takes even years. And, like, how do you ensure the safety of our citizens? Who is keeping these people safe in space? Like, is there an organization set up? Like, there's a lot of things we have to consider when bringing people out there. Like, what do you think in terms of social elements? Like, do you think we have the infrastructure and the setup to actually bring people to space. I
1: feel like if not now, we will for sure in the future.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I'm assuming like the military will probably be up there way before, you know, regular people are. So that's something to look into. And then for sure. another thing is just the safety of rockets and how reliable they are. Because I don't know if you heard the news a couple of weeks ago, like SpaceX, they ran a test and <laughs> the rocket just exploded on the on the ground
1: (laughs) i i didn't even hear about that really yeah
0: elon musk tweeted a video actually of the starship exploding like just before launch
1: i did not even know about that that's crazy
0: yeah maybe it was on the down low but i don't i don't know if these are safe enough for the mass public like right now i think it's just a very closed group of people and it's only you know military Mm -hmm. maybe even has run tests already and then astronauts in a select few i'm assuming the richer individuals will probably get to see space before us you know regular people get to see it
1: for sure for sure yeah i agree with that
0: so that was a little bit about you know the social implications i'll just summarize a bit of the tech implications because you know we've already kind of talked about what spacex does but the way i see the way i see spacex working right now you know with their starlink which will disrupt the whole, you know, Wi-Fi situation like Bell. And, you know, they provide uh, the network for everyone, really.
1: Yeah, Monopoly right now, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and especially in Canada with the high rates and stuff. Starlink's going to go in and disrupt this whole, you know, situation. And it'll probably take away a lot of jobs, a lot of infrastructure. And, you know, these machines or this, you know, advanced system will replace a lot of people in the process. For sure. Like, even the people that install these routers and stuff, like, I don't know how Starlink works yet, but it seems as if, you know, that's going to, Starlink's going to replace everything. And then if we think about um, Starship, just real quick, if we're saying, like, Earth-to-Earth transport, you know, being able to, you know, transport that quickly across Earth, like, that's going to replace a lot of, you know, existing infrastructure with all the planes, the boats, literally, it's going to affect a lot of different supply chains. Like, what do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Especially with like like if it becomes a reasonable price, like why would people not wanna take this and get anywhere they want faster? It's kinda of like a miniature, you know, teleportation type of thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, so you mentioned price. So we might as well, you know, look into the economic factors if you wanna just, you know, talk about that.
1: Okay, so well, just thinking about it, um, I heard about this uh, company called like Axiom. They actually signed a deal with SpaceX to fly three privately paying space tourists to uh, international, to the International Spa- Space Station. And they said uh, like this 10-day mission is scheduled to launch in the second half of 2021, so next year. And it's going to use a SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule. So, you know, we talked about the Dragon earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's also going to use a Falcon 9 rocket. So, the thing is, the financial terms of this deal like, were not disclosed, but... Let's think about it. Like, it must have been, like, super-duper expensive. What do you think?
0: Yeah, there's no... Like, being the first couple people to, you know, ride to space, there's no way. It's definitely up there.
1: Uh, just last month, uh, SpaceX unveiled a separate space tourism deal with Space Adventures, like another company. And right now, they've already flown, like, a few private citizens to the International Space Station. They used uh, Russian spacecraft. Uh, space missions mission will not be to fly to the space station though. They actually want to have a free flying mission where four private tourists can orbit the Earth at about two to three times the altitude of the ISS. Isn't that crazy?
0: Whoa! Like imagine just going up to space. Holy!
1: Yeah, that too. Like two to three times higher than the International Space Station. You could probably like, who knows what you'd be able to see. But I uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, SpaceX. The um Falcon Nine, another one of their rocket, has a starting price of ah uh, sixty two million dollars, but uh NASA expects to pay a seat ah uh, ah uh, per seat cost of fifty five million.
0: Oh, that's crazy! Is that for? Is that for the actual flights? Yeah. Oh okay.
1: So yeah, I guess we could. I guess they did probably pay like you know double digit millions, like you were saying. They
0: they probably paid more than this because this is a government entity, so they probably paid, you know, upwards of this. That's true.
1: But uh, I was just thinking about it. I I read this article on TechCrunch and SpaceX. Apparently, they were awarded a new contract by NASA to launch the agents, like a new imaging X ray. Basically, uh, it's going to look at polarized light from sources like neutron stars, pulsar winds, uh, and then supermassive black holes. So we can get, like, you know, way better imaging of these things. So there's a lot of funding going into this research right now. And, like, the mission of a Like, the main reason of this so we can study, uh, like, a specific type of neutron star with especially powerful magnetic fields, and they're called uh, magnetars. And they also want to look at black holes.
0: This is so much... There's so much money involved, eh?
1: It's crazy. I can't even think about how much money it is. Like, I I don't even... I think I've ever imagined that much money. And then uh, they also plan to reduce the cost of using rockets. So SpaceX believes in a fully, uh, like a really, really fast and reusable rocket. And that's the only way we're gonna be able to reduce the cost of space access. Cause right now, rockets are used once and then they're kind of thrown away and that's very expensive. Unlike a commercial airliner, like for example, just any plane that you go to, they don't just use the plane once and toss it out, right? They put fuel in, they change parts, they do servicing. And hopefully, this is going to be the future space exploration with these rockets. Like, we've had them five multiple times a day because we can reuse them instead of just using them once and throwing them away. That's what SpaceX plans to do.
0: Yeah, that's good. But I also see, you know, you were mentioning all these numbers. I'm thinking, like, all this money is just going, like, into nothing, to be honest, right now, eh?
1: Right now? Like, I guess just to research mainly, like, just to see what's going on, how, like, Right now, no one's really paying for these rockets. Instead, we're just trying to figure out how to do it because we can't just go into space without researching, you know?
0: I wonder if Elon I wonder if Elon Musk is, uh, you know, funding this all or like how this all works.
1: <laughs> Who knows? I'm sure he has enough money. He's crazy rich. He has
0: a deep pocket. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was thinking like, you know, this puts us really nicely into the next topic. Uh, do you want to just look into the, you know, the ethical concerns? Because, you know, there's a lot of money involved, so obviously ethics got to be in there, too.
1: Yeah, so I guess one of the main things I can think of on the top of my head is, like, some of the environmental implications. Because, like, let's be real, using a rocket, even though we can use them multiple times, it uses a crazy, crazy amount of fuel. And even though the rockets are reusable, I'm sure there's still going to be an end life to them eventually. Nothing can just run, like, forever. So we're going to have scrap parts and material waste that we're going to have to, you know, throw away and stuff. And then, uh on top of that i already, I read somewhere that actually you know the mass of rockets, like just the actual weight and the mass of the rockets ninety five percent of that is fuel
0: oh, damn, okay,
1: yeah, like it's I thought it you know the materials metal, but no ninety five percent is just fuel, so building bigger rockets with like bigger payloads means you know using more fuels for each launch, and the current fuel uh used for like the Falcon Heavy is uh, it has liquid oxygen and this creates a lot of carbon dioxide when burned. So that, you know, provides to environmental greenhouse gases and uh, climate change.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That's something they really have to look at then, you know, going forward, given the, you know, climate right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, besides just the climate and uh, climate change and all that, there's actually microbes that have been found on Mars that are very, very extreme. So this means like they're very, very resistant to sanitation and cleaning and they just they live no matter what basically so imagine bringing that back like what type of problems could that cause on earth like what if these are deadly to humans and we can't even kill them imagine the amount of humans that can be killed just think about the coronavirus right now we don't have a vaccine for that but hopefully and god for like god forbid it never happens hopefully we get a a vaccine one day but unlike with these microbes, who knows if we can ever figure it out because they're very, very dangerous.
0: That's actually a really interesting point. I've never actually heard that point before. I'm thinking like, you know, the, you know, hand sanitizer bottles and it's like kills 99.99%. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. Can't just bring sanitizer yeah, up there.
1: Exactly. And then even um on top of that, look at the dramatic effects of just removing one organism just from Earth right now. Like, for example, let's say grass is gone from africa this is something i learned back in like middle school it's very simple so the grass is gone then the zebra the other types of these types of animals like what are they going to eat they're not going to be able to eat anything because all the vegetation is gone and then in turn what are the carnivores going to eat if they can't eat those animals like the zebras there's a small thing like grass like you wouldn't think grass is a big deal but just removing that food source from these animals are going to cause A big, huge chain effect. So same thing with this. Imagine bringing one species to Earth. The small little species, even though it's very small, as I talked about before, is very dangerous. So the small little thing can have a huge impact.
0: That is definitely true. Yeah.
1: And then on top of that, like just thinking about beyond Earth. Right now, we have a lot of more moralities and ethics that are heavily influenced by our culture and upbringing and that our ethical impulses may be completely different to another person's on the other side of the world. But if we go to space, we're gonna have a uni- We're gonna need to have a universally accepted ethical code. So how is that gonna work? And then on top of that, choosing the participants to go to Mars and all these things—that
0: is definitely true. The point you mentioned before, though, about um, you know, doing like a universal ethical code thing—that's that's really interesting because you know what? On even on Earth, we haven't really figured out each other's like ethical codes and. Like, how are we supposed to, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Like, even if you look at the, you know, the things that are happening during COVID, um, a lot of people are really stretching these ethical codes out here.
1: Yeah, like, let me give you an example of something. Like, my grandmother, like she's, she's really old and she's from India, right? So she has a different ethical code or a different set of morals than I do. Like, I'm sure we both mean well. But for example, my dad had told her, you know, not to come. She lives with my dad's brother right now. Yeah. So we had told her not to come to our house just for the weekend because my mom was at the hospital. So we don't know if she can contract COVID or not. But if she brings it back to our house, God forbid, if my grandma's there, something drastic could happen. So, of course, to me and you and like to anyone, we would think that's a very good thing. My dad told her not to come. But my grandma actually took this personally because she has a different ethical code than we do. She doesn't understand the severity of
0: COVID. That is true. That totally makes sense. Yeah, because they've been brought up a different way and, you know. Exactly. Bringing it back to space, like, who knows what's out there? We really don't know. And, you know, what, how they've been brought up or how that works. Exactly, <laughs> um, But, yeah, no, that's true. So, you know, mm-hmm. along the lines of, you know, ethics and we'll go into our next point about um politics. Okay. Because, you know, you know where anything happens, politics, you know, creeps in. 100%. <laughs>
1: I um, don't remember the last time I was able to have a conversation without politics coming up, even this one.
0: <laughs> oh man, never. So we'll just talk we'll just look at it a bit, you know. Um you yeah. know with space space is accessible with every single country, technically every single country in the world, right? Okay. Like since you know, you'll go up, you'll reach space, basically. And there's a lot of big programs, uh, like space programs in, um, you know, USA, Russia, and China. And we saw this when the initial, you know, mission to the moon with space being so big. And it's like, who, like when you go to space, like who has jurisdiction where? So it's like, okay, uh, SpaceX is the first one on Mars. Let's just say, for example, SpaceX is the first one on Mars it's a us ba- you know us owned company does that automatically mean that the mars is owned by us
1: yeah i see your point there
0: do you think that we should have a global space program where every single uh person in like every single country interacts with another to you know build this
1: i think that i think that'd be the only reasonable thing to do because like another's planet we, like how can a a country from one planet own the entire planet like like we don't have one country here that owns the entire of earth no right so i don't know at another planet such a huge planet maybe it could be divided into like sections the way our countries are something like that like i don't know if we can really have control the entire planet you know
0: yeah that's true um i don't know if you watched them there was this one movie i i can't remember which movie it was but it was a movie (laughs) it was um it was kind of similar like they built something in space and you know there was a lot of space advancement there was like a whole civilization and stuff the way they did it was the space uh station you could say was actually a joint effort by every single country so every single person um in that movie had like their their associated flag on their um uniforms yeah So you could see like, you know, someone from Japan was there, India, USA, Canada, like everyone was, you know, together. That was, you know, nice to see, Mm -hmm. like politically, like that was interesting. But I feel like that's still, I think you can't really escape politics even in space because the way politics works, you know, I think they just assume that, you know, space is also owned by Earth and all this stuff. But we really don't know what's out there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess everyone has this type of entitlement like issue. Everybody wants to own something. Yeah. Especially these world leaders. No,
0: I see that. I, I wonder if they're going to, you know, let's say we make it to Mars and, you know, bring people over. I wonder if they're going to do the same thing we did to mm-hmm. Earth and, you know, divide it up and, you know, this is your India 2.0 or Canada 2.0.
1: Yeah. I I'll- Honestly, I-, I-, I can see that
0: happening. Like, what do you think? Do you think that's good or bad?
1: Well, let's look at the current situation of like just earth right now we have a lot of problems and wars and all that stuff going on i don't want to sound like a hippie or anything (laughs) but i feel like there shouldn't be countries on mars you know
0: yeah that's true
1: like i you know like john lennon song he has imagine there's no heaven or like borders and stuff like that i guess we can apply that situation to a whole new country because like sorry not country a whole new planet Cause like who are we to just take certain parts of this planet and make it one country? The same thing we did with Earth, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like how much power do we really have out there? You know, it's like we probably only have exactly power until you know something else comes out and says, you know, no, mm-hmm. this is this is our planet. But then, but yeah. then we you know look at historical examples where, you know, the way Canada was developed, it was colonized. You know, the Aboriginal people and the British explorers came in and you know colonized, just a part of earth. Yeah. I feel like that's like the same way like you know you were saying there might be microbes there and stuff. Like what if we go there and just kind of take it over and have the same situation. Yeah. And we learn nothing from history.
1: Yeah, honestly, history tends to repeat itself, so who knows.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know, I I think about, you know, coming together like we were saying like coming together as, you know, as earth. You know, right now we're facing a problem that affects the whole earth. Yeah. And we still fail to, you know, come together as one.
1: Yeah, there's still people out there that are like not following social distancing rules. And like we're just trying to have the betterment for the entire planet. But some people just do not care.
0: And, you know, some people I, I was reading articles and saying, like, if we were in a position where another Earth was made, we could set it up in a different way than Earth is set up now, politically speaking. But I do not, like like you said, his, history repeats itself. I don't think that'll be the case.
1: I don't, because just, I don't know, just the way humans are, the way we are. We, I, I, I don't know if everybody can just, you know, be nice and get along like we're
0: all friends. You know, even, um, it was interesting that you mentioned, like with the COVID thing, like there's people out there that aren't abiding by, you know, social distancing. Yeah. And I think about it, like from a political standpoint, even leaders like Donald Trump right now, He's forced 3M to stop sending masks to Canada and just keep it for himself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, he really cares about his own country and he wants to help his own people first. And I guess, like, that it shows that, like, this is can happen on Mars as well. Like, there may be times where if, let's say, America captures one part of Mars and they call that also, you know, America 2.0, they would only care about that section and not the whole of Mars.
0: Yeah, that is true. And even if we do work together and, you know, build, like if the whole world comes together and builds another world on Mars per se, um, I think eventually, like you said, history repeats itself. Uh, politically, they'll just, you know, set up the same border system and it'll just happen again. Yeah. Before we... Actually ended off, I have another thing I wanted to discuss. Like, um, so SpaceX is actually a private company. The ones we really hear about is NASA. NASA is a, a public company owned by the government. So SpaceX is doing all these, you know, innovative things, reaching Earth, uh, reaching, you know, Mars and stuff. Like how much how much power does SpaceX have, in your opinion, being a private company rather than a public company owned by the government?
1: Again, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but a lot of people do not have the trust, don't have trust in their governments, right? So having a public, or sorry, a private company, it may seem like a very difficult task, but if they have the proper resources and financial support, I feel like people can back them and they do do have a lot of power because people will try, again, those types of, those people that don't have trust in government, they would much rather trust a private company to do these things. And like I feel like this, sh- this should be allowed to be a private company and they should be able to do well because if the government should be able to do it, like why shouldn't a public or a private company be able to do the same thing as long as they have the correct resources and everything?
0: You know, if you even look at the numbers, you know, we mentioned before, like SpaceX was founded in 2002, which is not like that's only 18 years ago versus NASA who's been around for almost forever. Yeah. And if you think about the innovation that, you know, SpaceX was able to do versus what NASA has been able to do and now NASA contracts from SpaceX, like do you think do you think that a huge factor to this is being a non-political entity? Yeah, I
1: think so. And like like as you just said right now, they've done so much in the past 18 years that like a company that's been around for the past 60, 70 years is having a contract and talking and having negotiations with this small company. So even the government itself sees a huge potential. So I do feel like they do have a big role and a big capability of doing well.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, I think that's enough politics for today. Okay. Uh, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay home and do not go outside. Wait until next week for our next episode and stay curious. Peace.